Welcome to worship at Providence Presbyterian Church on this Sunday, March 14th, 2021. We are located at 2401 Broad Avenue. Beginning on Sunday, April 11th, the church's nursery and junior church programs will be up and running again. We are excited to welcome the children back. The nursery will be operational for the entire worship service for children ages 0 through 5. Junior church will begin after the special music for elementary age children. Save the date, Vacation Bible School. Rocky Railway is tentatively scheduled for Sunday, August 8th through August 12th. All of the fun will be in the evening, but times will be announced in the upcoming future. We can't wait to see all the kids for fun lessons and activities. We thank those of you who are currently able to support the church with your offerings. It truly is a blessing in enabling us to keep current in paying church expenses. Now, let us prepare our hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude.
let us join together in our call to worship. Oh, give thanks to the Lord who is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let us worship God. Let us pray. Almighty God, through Jesus Christ you bring salvation to the world. Give us strength to believe in him that we may share in his victory over the power of death and fulfill the purpose for which you have made us. For he dwells with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. that the light has come into the world, for people love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. 
Let us uncover our sin before the liberating light of Christ. Let us join in our prayer of confession. Merciful God, we confess the folly of our sin and the hypocrisy of our complaints. We grumble about the evils in our world, even as we commit injustices and profit through deceit. We fret about the scarcity of resources while hoarding the earth's goods and cheating the poor. We protest the problems of our world, but we do not actively work to address them. Merciful God, expose our sins before the light of your grace. Heal our sin and free us from our foolish ways, that we may know the joy of eternal life in Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Indeed, God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. As we prepare to hear God's word, let us join in prayer. Almighty God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, open your word and illumine our darkened world that we may see clearly and live faithfully by the light of your truth in Jesus Christ. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is taken from the book of Numbers, chapter 21, verses 4 through 9. They travel from Mount Hor along the route to the Red Sea to go around Edom. But the people grew impatient on the way. They spoke against God and against Moses and said, Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread. There is no water. We detest this miserable food. Then the Lord sent venomous snakes among them. They bit the people, and many Israelites died. The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned when we spoke against the Lord and against you. Pray that the Lord will take the snakes away from us. So Moses prayed for the people. The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who is bitten can look at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake, they looked at the bronze snake and they lived. Our New Testament lesson this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light, and will not come into the light, for fear their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, so that it may be seen plainly 
that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Here ends our readings from God's word, and may he bless them to our hearts and our lives. Amen. Well, today we are looking at the fourth of five sermons in a Lenten series on the theme of covenant. And our Old Testament lesson this morning was taken from the Book of Numbers. It's interesting to note that the Book of Numbers, that title comes from the first Greek translation of the book, and the Greek name is the name Numbers. And it refers to the fact that the book records two censuses of the people. The first census in chapter 21 lists all the people ages 20, which is the age of adulthood, responsibility, age 20 and older, who came out of Egypt with under the leadership of Moses, and who, because of their cons consistent and repeated willful sin, especially at Kadesh Barnea, where they specifically turned away from God's instruction to enter the promised land, that all of them except Caleb and Joshua would die in the wilderness. Whereas in chapter 26, another census was taken, and this is of the new generation of those under 20 and those born during the 40 years of the, of the wilderness journeys who would enter into the promised land. So we see here in chapter 26, and the Hebrew name for this book is in the wilderness, because that's where the people were throughout the, the length of this book. They were in the wilderness, heading from Egypt to the promised land. And here we have in chapter 21, what is a very unusual story. I would, if for a title for the, today's message, I have entitled it, The Strangest Covenant. And in a sense, it is not a separate covenant, but it is God's provision for keeping the covenant that he has already made with the children of Israel, uh, the covenants through Abraham and the one with Moses. And we have the story that here the children are in chapter 21. And once again, they are complaining. They are a complaining lot. They are, you could almost say, thick-headed, though not like any of us. When it came to, you know, they kept, they cried out to God numerous times while they were in Egypt that would God free them from their slavery in Egypt, their hard labor in Egypt. And God has brought them out. And now they're traveling to the promised land, but, you know, they, they keep complaining. They complain over and over again. They lack food. They lack water. They they get tired of the manna that God has provided. And so here, once again, the children of Israel are complaining, this time not just against Moses, against God himself, saying, why have you brought us out? into this wilderness to die. We remember the comforts of Egypt, all the wonderful food we had again. 
And as a result of this complaining, God brings discipline upon the children of Israel. Uh, the Israels were sort of like the instructions uh, of a, on a shampoo bottle. Shampoo bottle says, wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. The children of Israel would disobey, suffer the consequence of their disobedience, and then repent. They would disobey, suffer the consequence of their disobedience, and then repent. And so it went on again and again, a, a vicious cycle. In chapter 21, it begins with a skirmish between the Israelites and the Canaanites. The Israelites didn't start the fight, but they finished it. God gave them victory over it. Uh, now they're told that as they come to the border of the nation of Edom, to walk around the land of Eden, not to go through it. Eden was a distant relative of Israel, and so they were not to attack it. And they again began to complain. Once again, food and water. Uh, actually, Moses lost his ticket to the promised land because of the people's continual complaining about water. Once before, Moses struck a rock when God told him to speak to it. And that cost him his trip into the promised land. That's tough stuff. Yet, it's another example of rebellion and consequence. We, while God does, can and does forgive us, we can't always escape the reality that sin has consequences. And, you know, at every possible turn, they were ungrateful for God. They showed contempt for God. They questioned, even opposed what God was doing. They, you know, we wonder how could they keep on rebelling against the Lord like that? Yet an equally important question is, how can we? It's tempting to criticize the ancient Israelites and to shake our heads in disbelief as what we read about their mistakes. But after all, they're dead, so let's talk about them. But we can bear a striking resemblance to those desert wanderers. In fact, from Israel's story, we're reminded of a foundational biblical truth about humanity. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says this in many times and in many ways. It says in Isaiah 53, 6, All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have left God's path to follow our own. In Hebrew, all of us literally means all of us. In 1 John 1, 8, it says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. And in Romans 3.23 it says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's a minute. The Israel, ancient Israelites were terrible sinners. But so are we. We are thirsty, but we don't, you know, we complain about it. We don't like the food. We don't want to go hiking all the way around Edom. I mean, it sounds almost like a family vacation. The people of Israel gave no thought to their actions' consequences before they acted. We've all done this before. We've all made a hasty decision and then regretted it. So here, they are on the verge of a major season of blessing. Soon they will be crossing the Jordan in 
to the promised land. But instead of rejoicing, worshiping, and getting excited, they are reeling from the consequence of their sin. Their sin literally is killing them because God is uh, so tired of their complaining that he sends venomous snakes among them to bite them. And it says that many of the Israelites die. Now, this doesn't sound like good news to us, does it? Um, it seems like, you know, God, the God is, is, uh, judging the people and in a sense he is because there are consequences to uh, repeated rebellion but once again the children of israel when the consequences of their sin starts coming upon them uh, they plead with moses to intercede on their behalf asking god to make the snakes go away well god is a covenant making god and a covenant keeping God. He has promised to watch over the people of Israel and he would be their God. And so God keeps his covenant, but he keeps it in a way different than the children of Israel had thought it, he would do so. They asked God to remove the, the, the snakes so that the, the, the snakes would not be around them anymore. They would not get bitten. But that's not what God does. God does something completely different. Um, he heard their cry, but he tells Moses to make a bronze snake. Now, you know, many, many people don't like snakes. Just the, the sight of a, a crawling snake makes our skin crawl. And the snake, in the idea of the serpent, was a symbol of evil even from the beginning of the first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis. And when the snake in the Garden of Eden tempted Adam and Eve to sin. And the idea was a bronze snake. And bronze, the, the, the material bronze, whereas silver, uh, excuse me, as gold represented God's purity and silver represented redemption. Uh, bronze rep represented uh, sin and judgment. That's why in the tabernacle and in the temple, uh, the sacrifices were done on a bronze altar, that God's judgment was there. It fell upon uh, the people's sin when they offered up their sacrifices. And uh, so God gave them this bronze snake uh, up on a pole. And that, that really does seem awfully strange, doesn't it? it? It doesn't sound like something God would do. It actually sounds like a lot like idolatry. And in time, that snake on the pole would become an idol for the people. So much so that a king by the name of Hezekiah would have it destroyed. So we can legitimately ask, why a snake on a pole? Well, the idea was, some people say, well, it was to remind them of their sin. And in, in the sense, that was true. Um, it, and others have said it would force the people to trust God. And, uh, but to be honest, no, the bronze snake itself would not save them. What saved them 
What healed them when they were bitten was not this, the bronze snake. Rather, it was believing what God said would save them. When the wound of sin was fatal and the only place he could turn was to God, when they were broken, bruised, and battered, they turned to, to look at that bronze snake and say, well, God promised if I look at it, he would heal me. And so they believe, in this case, they started to believe God's word. And the same is true for us. We need to believe in God's word. And so we see here in this incident in the life of the people of Israel a foreshadowing of what would come about hundreds of years later, which we read about in our New Testament lesson this morning. Here's Jesus. He's teaching the people the way of God. The Pharisees turn against him, but in their self-righteousness, they thought they had no sin. But there was one Pharisee by the name of Nicodemus who realized that they, there was, they weren't right with God. And so he comes to Jesus. And he speaks to Jesus, and Jesus tells him that even as Moses was instructed by God to lift up a bronze snake in the wilderness, that those who would believe God's promise, uh, that they would be healed, and that he was coming from God, the Son of God, the one who was to be the, the lamb that take, would take away the sin of the world, that he would be lifted up on the cross and that when people look to him, they put trust in him, that he was God's provision, that through him, God would forgive them and receive them back into fellowship with himself and take them to be with him one day, that, that when they believe that, uh, that they would be forgiven. Now note, you know, just as the Israelites, you know, they just looked at the snake, this, that itself would not heal them. It was their belief in God's promise that God said if they would look, they would be healed. And so the same thing is true today for us. Um, you know, people, there are many people in Jesus' day, there are many people today who... Um, know about Jesus. They know the story. They know that he went to the cross, that he said he was the son of God. But they don't, you know, they really don't believe God's promise. They haven't put their trust in Jesus that by their faith in him, their sins are forgiven. It is only when we the modern day people become like the children of Israel. We acknowledge our sin and its consequences and we put our trust in the provision that God has made through his son, Jesus Christ, that as we look to him, as we look to his cross, it becomes the symbol of our faith and God forgives us and receives us to himself. And to God be the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. Let us join together in the Apostles' Creed. 
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you should come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now let us prepare ourselves for prayer. God, you created us in Christ Jesus for good works. Help those who profess faith in Christ to do good in the world, following the way of life you have prepared for those who believe in him. For the church of Jesus Christ, we pray. Your children walk by your light, doing what is true. Yet salvation is not earned by our good works but through trust in your grace. Dispel from your children arrogance of heart, that the world may be drawn to your truth by their humble witness. In every age you call forth men and women of integrity to lead your people in the way of righteousness. Help pastors and teachers fulfill their calling. Give them courage to speak the truth in love and shield them from temptations to misuse their authority. God, your reign encompasses all the earth. Though the nations may rebel against your judgment, save the nations from the wrath of their disobedience. Help them to dwell in peace and promote the common good. Hear our cry for the sick and the afflicted. Save them from their distress. Heal them of their disease and deliver them from the destructive power of suffering. O God, in Jesus Christ, you have shown your love for the world. Receive our prayers, grant us what we need, save us from perishing, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Now let us join together in that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs>
Church, we have received the immeasurable riches of God's grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Let us go forth to share this gift with others. May the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the light of the Spirit bless you and keep you in the way of truth. Amen. We thank you for worshiping with us today. We hope you have been blessed and God has been glorified. May you have a God-blessed week. We look forward to you joining us again next Sunday and invite your friends to listen.